Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I want to go to an Old Testament passage. In case you get one of these Anabasic doctrines. This evening from the book of Exodus, chapter 3. Exodus, chapter 3. Praise the Lord. I want to say that it's been a privilege already so far this week to have been preaching this church. Enjoyed the good response and the reception this congregation to the preaching of the Word of God. If you can't hear and receive the preaching of God's Word, you can't be saved. You just can't be. Because it's the only method God has chosen to save them that believe. Praise the Lord. So I want an ear to hear and a heart to receive. What the Spirit would say unto the church today. In Exodus chapter 3, I'm going to extract just a few verses here for our text. The Bible says in verse 13, Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto how many? All generations. Praise God. And I simply want to use for my subject tonight what we resort to so many times in referring to God. But I want to talk this evening about the great I am. The great I am. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Y'all going to help me preach again tonight. Now, I didn't come to preach no sermonette. If that's what you came to hear, you came to the wrong place. Praise the Lord. We're living in a day where folks don't mind sitting in front of television for hours on end. But if the preacher preaches over 30 minutes, they get fidgety. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're not going to have no commercial breaks tonight. Nobody advertising chicken soup or anything else. We're here to have church and to preach the Word of God. And I don't intend to preach one minute longer than I need to or one minute shorter either. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But the 
Some things deserve our attention. Some things deserve our time. Nothing deserves our time any more than the Word of God. Hallelujah. Let's ask the Lord to help us in the remainder of this service. Jesus, we thank you for what we felt already tonight. We pray for special anointing upon the preaching of your Word. May it find the lodging place in hearts here tonight. Member and visitor alike, speak to each and every one of us. Oh, God, increase our understanding and our revelation. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. You may be. I read to you just a few verses from a uh, lengthy story, and though I know most of you are familiar with the story, I'll mention it briefly tonight. Of course, Moses was an uh, Israelite baby born uh, under a sentence of death, and uh, when his mother could hide him no longer, she put him in an ark of bulrushes that she made, laid him in the river, and uh, no doubt feeling that she would never see him again. When down the road comes none other than Pharaoh's daughter. And through a chain of events we won't go into, she adopted this baby as her own son and raised him up in Pharaoh's own house. To me, that's amazing. God takes the very object that the very one, the very individual that Pharaoh was trying to eradicate and puts him right under Pharaoh's nose and makes him raise him, makes him feed him, makes him clothe him, educate him, protect him until he's ready to use him. Praise the Lord. And when he was around 40 years old, he was out. Uh, he felt a drawing, evidently, to uh, look on the uh, on his own people, and he was watching and observing them when he saw an Egyptian beating up on an Israelite. <clears throat> and uh, though he had been raised as an Egyptian, dressed in Egyptian clothes, and spoke their language, the Bible says was a man mighty in words and deeds, had extinguished him, uh, extinguished it, had distinguished himself, praise the Lord, uh, through many great deeds. Nevertheless, uh, in a sudden fit of rage that he probably could not even understand himself at the moment, he leaped upon this Egyptian and slew him. Praise God. And the next day, after having hid his body, went out and was looking and observing the Israelites again and saw two of the Israelites quarreling. And when he tried to break up the fight, one of them made it clear that they had seen uh, his act of murder the day previously. And so afraid that the king would extract vengeance from him, he fled into the wilderness. And through another chain of events that I won't go into, wound up a shepherd man on the back side of the desert. Eventually married a woman of the nomad tribes that roamed through the desert and became quite content to raise his flocks of sheep. 
that God took one of the most notorious princes of Egypt and taught him how to be a meek shepherd. And 40 years went by, and he's quite content to live out the rest of his days in just this manner. When his quietness and solitude is disrupted one day by a strange phenomenon in the desert. He finds a bush burning. It's on fire. And uh, he draws closer to investigate because the bush does not appear to, to be consumed. It's burning, but it's not burning up. And as he gets a little bit closer, uh, he is especially startled by the sound of a voice speaking out of this bush. A voice that said, Moses, call him by name. Take your sandals off because you're standing on holy ground. Praise the Lord. And there was no doubt in Moses' mind at this time, though he uh, had a very limited knowledge of God, that this was deity speaking to him from this bush. And so God proceeded to let Moses know that he had chosen him to be the instrument whereby he would bring his people Israel out of Egypt. Praise God. And begins to outline his plan. But by now, Moses is a meek man. He's also an elderly man, 80 years old. He doesn't want anything to do with walking and standing before kings and leading a great group of people. He just wants to... Uh, live out his years in peace. And so he begins to argue with God. Now please bear with me tonight. Begins to argue with God and try to wiggle out of this assignment. Uh, but the Lord makes it clear that he is the one. And so finally Moses uh, chooses a, a different approach, different attack. And he tries to pin God down to something that God has never done before. Because previous, before this time, there had never been any revelation of the name of God whatsoever. He was known simply as God Almighty, and that was it. Praise the Lord. But as far as having a name to refer to Him by, nobody had any. And so he thought that maybe... If he would ask God his name, God would be reluctant enough to uh, reveal it to him that Moses could get out of his assignment. But when he asked God the question, when I get over there, the people are going to ask me, who sent me? Who sent you? And he said, what am I going to tell them? And then he was very surprised when God gave him an answer. And a very strange answer at that. He said, when you go back there, you tell them, I am that I am. You tell them, I am sent you. Furthermore, you tell them, this is my name forever. And my memorial unto all generations. Praise God. And so I'm going to uh, just uh, abbreviate this whole story. Suffice it to say that when Moses did go to the people of Israel, no doubt they asked the question, who sent you? And he gave them the answer that God had given him. And it has become a fact of history 
uh, especially among the Jews, that the this great revelation of God to Moses became one of the most treasured and revered things in the heart of the Israelite. Now, I'm having to give you a little foundation here at the beginning. Praise the Lord. And from that day forward, it became the most sacred and the most respected and the most feared revelation of God that the Israelites possessed. Praise the Lord. And for that reason, uh, no man... Uh, dared refer to God directly as the I Am. They felt that they were too uh, vile and too unclean for their lips to speak the name that God had given to Moses with their lips. And so, instead of saying I Am or the I Am, they would say Yahweh or Yehovah or Jehovah as we say it now which simply means the He is. Praise God. It is an indirect reference to the I Am. And in virtually every case of the Old Testament where you find the names Lord capitalized or Lord God, the original simply said Jehovah. Praise the Lord. Which means the He is. And even at that, praise God, when it came time to write down the name Jehovah, uh, perhaps a scribe or someone that was taking dictation from a prophet or a king. Uh, and I heard this just not too long ago on the radio again, though I had read it before, and it confirmed it to me. An Orthodox Jew was speaking this. He said that in ancient times, whenever the scribes got ready to pen the name Jehovah, uh, they would go and take a complete bath. They would change into clean clothes and take a brand new quill and only then would they dip it into the ink and pen the name Jehovah. Praise the Lord. It was so holy to them that they would not do it without cleansing themselves. And it didn't matter if the name appeared several times in one sentence. They would go and repeat the whole process each and every time. That's how reverent it was. Hallelujah. And then when it came time to read the Word of God and the scribe would come across the name Jehovah, oftentimes he didn't even feel worthy to say Jehovah. And instead he would say Adonai, which means Lord. And it is with respect to that. And that's the reason why that in thousands of times where Jehovah was originally found, you find the word Lord or Lord God today in deference to the high esteem that the Jew had for this great name. Praise the Lord. You all going to stay with me, aren't you? If I have to make you stand, I will keep you awake. But I want to tell you something tonight. Praise God, there's a tremendous misunderstanding about the name of God in this day. And I want to do my best to clarify that tonight. Hallelujah. This is our candy stick and I have the right to lick on it any time I feel like it. God said this is my memorial forever. If it's His memorial, we ought to talk about it. We ought to preach about it. We ought to exalt it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, nevertheless, it seems strange that when God would say 
his name, he would say the words, I am that I am. And yet this is not an accident. Praise the Lord, you will find that all of these words are in capitalized letters. This gives it significance and tells you how important this really is. Why would God say, I am sent you? Praise the Lord. Two little words that seem so strange in reference to God. Two little words that even a child can speak. But I want to tell you tonight, it's one of the most profound things that God could have said in relation to himself. Praise the Lord. First of all, when God says, I am that I am, it denotes self-existence. God never had to say, I was made, or I became, or when I was born. But God simply says, I am that I am. I exist all by myself. I don't need anybody to make me what I am. Praise the Lord. I am because I am. Praise God. Also, the words I am indicate eternality. And this is a word that you may not find in every dictionary because it only has one application. The word eternality has to do with something that has always been, is, and always will be. And there is only one uh, thing that can qualify Praise God for that definition, and that is God Almighty. Even the building that we're sitting in tonight eventually will crumble to the ground. This desk that I'm standing behind feels solid, but given enough time, it will rot away to nothing. Praise God, nothing in this world is permanent. Nothing qualifies as being eternality, but only God can say when he raises his hands up, I live forever. Only he is the one that has always been, is, and always will be. Praise the Lord. Praise God. If you ever want to blow a fuse in your mind, sit around and try to think about where God came from. It's easier for me to accept eternity future than it is for me to accept eternity past. It's easier for me to believe that something once it exists can live on forever. But it's hard for my mind to comprehend something that has always been. Never had a beginning. Your mind just somehow tries to uh, create a starting place for it somewhere back there. Praise God. But if we were to use our imagination tonight, and uh, we were to climb into a time capsule of sorts, and and try to go backward in time and find the origin of God. I assure you this evening that we could go back beyond the time that the Constitution of the United States was signed. We could go back beyond the time that Columbus discovered America. We could go back beyond the time of the Renaissance in Europe. We could go back beyond the Dark Ages, praise God, in the times of the Inquisition. We could go back beyond the times that the apostles preached this gospel. Back beyond the time that Jesus walked on this earth. Back beyond the time that the prophets spoke as they were anointed by the Holy Ghost. Back beyond the time that David sung with his heart. 
back beyond the time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord that Moses led Israel across the Red Sea. Back beyond the time that Abraham sought a city which have foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Back beyond the time that Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. Back beyond the time that Adam and Eve communed with God in the cool of the evening in the Garden of Eden. Back beyond the time that there was a river flowing, a stream gurgling, praise God, flowers in the field or grass to walk on. Back before a tree stood or a mountain towered over the earth. Back before there was a cloud in the sky. Hallelujah. Back before there was an earth. Back before there was stars. Back before... Praise God, there were um, uh, Milky Ways and or galaxies and, and planets and asteroids. Hallelujah. Back before the time that angels worshipped before the throne of God. Back before, praise God, Lucifer graced the heavens. And if you would step out of your little time capsule in that empty gray mist of nothingness and ask the question... Is there anybody here from all directions at the same time would come the answer, I am. Hallelujah. He's always been. He is tonight and he always will be. Thank you, Jesus. I said he always will be. I'm glad that I can have confidence in him. He's been around a long time. He's been around before our economy's been around. He's been around before our nation's been around. He's been around before anybody alive today's been around. I don't have to worry about anything going on today. I'm serving one that's been there before any any of it has. Well, I can see some of you are too stiff and starchy to enjoy that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like I said the other night, some folks couldn't get excited if they won the Reader's Digest sweepstake. They'd probably still sit there with that same deadpan expression on their face. I'm not talking about Reader's Digest or sweepstakes. I don't care if you win $5 million, you can still spend it. Praise God, but God will always be. He will always be, I am that I am. Wow, hallelujah. Praise God. Give me a little more bass on these money. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Eternality always has been and always will be. I am that I am also means and omnipresence and Praise God, it doesn't matter where you are. He is there. Hallelujah. Praise God, He can be everywhere at one time. He's the I am in Louisiana. He's the I am in Florida. We think we've got God neatly boxed up in this building tonight. And He's only paying attention to us. Praise the Lord, and He's only in this service. But while we're having service right now, somebody else is having service somewhere else, and they think God's only there, listening to their prayers, and 
looking at their worship. But he's the I am in Indiana. He's the I am in Texas. He's the I am in North Carolina. He's the I am in California. He's the I am in Washington. He's not only the I am in the United States. He's the I am in Canada. He's the I am in Mexico. He's the I am in South America. He's the I am in France. He's the I am in Russia. He's the I am in Italy. He's the I am in Africa. He's the I am on the islands of the sea. He's the I am on the North Pole. He's the I am on the South Pole. Praise God, it doesn't matter one one way or another where you might be. Praise God, He is the I Am. Praise God, I just got cooled off, knocked the water over in myself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I don't care if you get in a submarine and go to the depths of the sea and ask God, Lord, are you here? He'll answer you back, I am. Climb up to the top of Mount Everest and say, God, are you way up here? God will say, I am. Get in the space shuttle and orbit around the earth or go to the moon if you want to and ask God, Lord, are you still here? He'll say, I am. Praise God, some Russian astronauts went up a few years ago and since they're godless people, pagan and, and atheistic, and they very scornfully said, we've looked for God everywhere up here and we can't find him anywhere. Praise the Lord, but one of our astronauts went up shortly after him, and he happened to have somewhat of a godly upbringing, and he looked out of the window of the space shuttle at that beautiful earth turning around, praise God, out in the middle of space hanging on nothing, and he said, I've looked for God up here, and I can see him everywhere. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you don't have to go to just a certain place, just a certain shrine, just a certain building. But wherever you need him, he'll be right there. You can be driving down the road in your car and begin to praise him and you'll find him there. You can be washing dishes in your kitchen and begin to whisper a little prayer and you'll find him there. You can be in a hospital room in pain and you'll find him there. Praise God. You can find him at church. You can find him at home. You can find him on the job. Because he is the I am. That I am. Wherever you need him to be, he'll be right there. Oh, let's praise him right now. Let's lift our hands and love him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about Michael Dukakis. I'm not talking about George Bush. I'm talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't care if you can't get excited about either one of the presidential candidates. I'm talking about one you ought to be able to get excited about. 
Hallelujah. Whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley of despair, he is there. I am that I am. Praise God. You can be seated if you can. If you want to. Praise the Lord. There is there, the book of John is one of the gospels in the New Testament that makes the identity of Jesus Christ as clear as any of them. I know that when you read in Exodus, this is my name forever. My memorial unto all generations. You say, well, it doesn't make any sense to me. I am that I am. Yet we think his name is Jesus. Where's the connection? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, praise God. One day, an angel floated down out of heaven and stepped into the chamber, praise God, of a virgin girl. And said, you're going to have a child conceived of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And he is going to be Emmanuel, which is by interpretation, God with us. Which God? The only God they knew. This angel wasn't introducing a new God that had kind of stayed in the closet up until then. Praise the Lord. Said up to now you've known this God, but he's going into retirement. This other God's coming up. What do you suppose that Mary thought when the angel said he's going to be Emmanuel? Which means God with us. What God do you think she thought about? The only God they were acquainted with. Praise the Lord. And when suddenly it was evident that she was carrying a child and Joseph hadn't even married her yet, he thought that she had been unfaithful to him and was thinking about putting her away. And the angel again floated down out of heaven, stepped into the room of Joseph and said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary for your wife. Because that which is in her is conceived of the Holy Ghost. And thou shalt call his name. Jesus. Praise the Lord. You don't have to believe me if you don't want to. Praise God. You don't have to believe the sun rises in the morning either. But it's still true. The name of Jesus means Jehovah. Savior. For Jehovah has become our salvation. Look it up in any concordance you want to. It'll tell you the same thing. The name of Jesus means Jehovah's Savior. Which Jehovah do you suppose it was talking about? The only Jehovah they were acquainted with. The He is or the I am. Hallelujah. So that whenever this angel proclaimed him, uh, his name to be Jesus, there was no doubt 
in either Mary or Joseph's mind that this was going to be the incarnation of the God Almighty. Not the second person in a trinity, but the incarnation of God Almighty. Praise God, no eggshells here, but I feel like I'm walking on them all of a sudden. Hallelujah! I mean, how much plainer can you get than John 1 and 1? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then farther down in the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Say, see there you've got God the Father and God the Son. Praise God, He wasn't begotten as one God begotten from another God. He was begotten as far as the flesh. The flesh was begotten. But the God that was in the flesh... We beheld His glory. I said we beheld His glory. But you don't have to take my word for it. Let Jesus speak for Himself. And in the book of John, praise God, you will find seven occurrences where Jesus declares Himself as the I Am. Praise the Lord. And I want to pause here to mention the fact that in several cases you will find the little word he added to it. You'll find it in italics. That does not take away from it. But any italicized word in your Bible was a word added by the translators to enhance its clarity. It does not add or take away from the meaning. Praise the Lord. Just because it is impossible, and I, I am bilingual, so I know uh, the kind of problem that you face. You often cannot translate three words into three words. It does not make any sense until you clarify it somehow. That's a problem of translation. Praise God. But in each of these seven uh, occasions that I'm about to mention to you, if you will look it up in the original, and I have, praise God, it merely says, I am. That's all it says. You remember how reverent the people were about saying this name when it came to referring to God. No man dare say it. Praise God, because he felt himself unworthy. Suddenly, here's a man that says it with impunity. Without reservation. Who does he think he is? I'll tell you who he thinks he is. He thinks, he knows, he is the I Am. And the first of them is found in the fourth chapter of John, where the Bible said Jesus went into Samaria, and he sat down by a well, and his disciples went to buy some food, and directly here comes a woman to draw water out of the well. And Jesus struck up a conversation with her, uh, first of all by saying, could you give me some water to drink? And she was amazed because 
the Samaritans were half-breeds and the average Jew would not speak to them. And so she said, you mean you being a Jew, ask of me a Samaritan for drink? And Jesus said, if you knew who it was that was asking you, you would ask of him. And he would give you water that you'd never thirst again. Praise the Lord. And in the process, Jesus told her, he said, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you've answered right. You've had four husbands. Was it four or five? Five husbands. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. Praise God. And so she knew that if he could make this declaration about her, he must be more than just a passerby. She said, I can tell that you must be a rabbi. And so I've got a question that's been nagging at me. She said, our fathers say that we should worship God at this mountain. And you Jews say we should worship him in Jerusalem. Now, where should we worship him? And Jesus said, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship him in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Praise God. And after a few more words, she said, Well, I know that when the Messiah comes, which is called the Christ, He will tell us all things. Jesus said, I that speak unto thee am He. Praise the Lord. Now, if you look it up in the original, it says simply, I am that speak unto thee. That's all she needed. You know what she did? She hightailed it for town and said, Come here, a man that told me everything about me. Is this not the Christ? And when they came and heard him, many of them went away believing, not just because of what she said, but because they heard him for themselves. You ask any Orthodox Jew if he believes. Now, most of them don't think the Messiah has come yet. They were blind to the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. But you ask them, praise God, you believe that the Messiah is going to be a second God or the God manifest in flesh. And they will tell you it's going to be the God. There is not one Orthodox Jew that believes that there is more than one God. They are taught from the time they're little children. Praise God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And every one of them strive, praise God, when they die, to let those words be the last words that escape their lips. They want to die saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You don't mind me taking my time here tonight. Praise the Lord. And so the second occurrence is found on the, in the sixth chapter. When the disciples are out on a stormy sea and they're afraid they're going to die, Jesus has stayed behind the plane. And in the middle of the night, here he comes. Praise God, walking on the water. Now this was a very disturbing thing, no doubt, to see him coming and walking on the water. Praise the Lord. And so, when he was still a distance off, they were afraid. Praise God, because uh, another place says that they thought they had seen a ghost. I submit to you, how did they see him at all? 
Praise the Lord. Sky was overcast. There was no moonlight. No stars twinkling. Praise God. No doubt if they had a lantern, the wind had blown it out. How did they see him, see him at all? Why did they think they saw a ghost? Praise the Lord. I'll tell you why. Because he is the light of the world. And the same one that was transfigured before his disciples and his countenance shone like the noonday sun could turn on a little bit of that light while he was walking on the water. Praise God. And they were scared. And Jesus said, uh, it is I. Be not afraid. And the original simply says, I am. Be not afraid. If there's any more question, see what happens when Jesus stepped into the boat. The Bible said there was a great calm, and immediately they were at the place where they were going. Zips up. Praise God, you talk about transportation. Teletransportation. I mean, now they're on the high seas. The next thing they know, they're docked where they want to go. Who else has that power but God Almighty? It says, does your Bible read like mine? It says right here, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Praise God. The third occurrence is found in the eighth chapter of John. And Jesus gets into a discussion with the Pharisees. And I'm going to be skipping through the chapter here, so you might just listen to me. But they came to him and they asked him a question. They said, or they made an accusation. They said, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came and whither I go. He went on to say, I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. And when he mentioned his Father, their ears perked up. And they thought they knew who his father was, Joseph the carpenter. So they said, where is thy father? And Jesus answered, you neither know me nor my father. If you would have known me, you should have known my father also. Praise God, he went on to say, I go my way and you shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. And these carnal-minded Jews thought he was going to commit suicide. They said, will he kill himself? And Jesus said, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I said, therefore, listen carefully unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. I'm going to tell you this revelation isn't just good to have. You've got to have it. Jesus said, except you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sin. Do you find the little word He in italics there? You certainly do. The original says, except you believe that I am, you shall die in your sin. When they heard Him just refer to that name so freely, then they said, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. What beginning? Wasn't the beginning of his ministry. 
He was talking about way back there on the backside of the desert, speaking out of the burning bush to Moses. I'm still the same one I told you I was back then. Praise God, the Bible said they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he. This is the second time in the eighth chapter of John. And that I do nothing of myself. Praise the Lord. And then he went on to mention several powerful utterances. 32nd verse, he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36, of the Son therefore shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. Y'all still with me? Praise God. And then in the 51st verse, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. And they thought to themselves, now we know that he's devil possessed. Now we know, they said, that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And yet you say, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Praise God. Man, this is exciting. Praise the Lord. And Jesus went on to say, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. And they said, Thou art not yet fifty years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Hallelujah. Verily, verily, Let me tell you something. In the old days when the rabbis were going to say something of special importance, they would raise one arm and say, verily. If they were going to say something of double importance, they would raise both. And the translators left it alone. Then an add a he to it. They just left it there. Before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was a kid in Hebrew, I was already the everlasting to everlasting. Wow, hallelujah. Praise God. Don't tell me we don't have a leg to stand on. Jesus said it for him. Oh, let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Three times in the eighth chapter of John, Jesus declared himself. The sixth time I want to draw your attention to is in the 13th chapter. I'll mention it briefly. It's at the time of the supper with his disciples. Betray him. And when he makes that, he made this statement. Now I tell thee before it is that when it is come, you may believe that I am. The 18th chapter was at the time of the betrayal when Planted the kiss to God. Jesus stepped out of the garden, having, having been in there praying. The crowd was drawn, and he asked the question. Called out, said, "Who do you seek?" Jesus didn't hide in the bushes till they had to beat him out of there. He didn't have to use hound dogs to track him down. He came out there. He made the statement that I'll lay my life down when I get ready, and I'll pick it back up when I get ready. Stepped out and said, 
Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus simply said, I am. I want you to notice what happened. The Bible said that they all went backward and fell to the ground. Praise God. If this was just a movie, why would this happen? This was more than a man. This was a voice that told Moses, take your shoes off. Holy ground. Praise God. Knock them all over like a bunch of bowling pins. I'm so just to let them know one more time. I didn't let you. None of you could lay hands on me. Oh, they got dusting themselves off sheepishly. I'm amazed that they even had the courage to go on with it. I would have said, I'm going on to the house. Y'all get it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And Jesus asked them, said, I said, whom do you seek? Probably a little grin on his face. Praise God. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I told you, I am he. Hallelujah. This time it kept the tone the power down a little bit. And they were able to go ahead then and lay hands on him. Jesus. That was not a man captured and drug away against his will. That was God Almighty. think I'm making a whole lot of to-do over nothing. Praise the Lord. But you've got to know who Jesus is. If you want to be saved. I said you've got to know who Jesus is. If you want to be saved. I'm glad I know that Jesus is the name. God said this is my name forever. I am that I am. And if Jesus means Jehovah has become our salvation, Praise God, that means He's my I am. Praise God. I know you think I'm through, but I'm not. Praise the Lord. There's several other things I want to mention too. This is a short revival, so we might as well make the most out of it. Actually, I'd preach until I got through. It was a long one. Hallelujah. You at least try to pretend like you there's several other proclamations of Jesus that I want to mention to you, also found in the book of John. Praise the Lord. And this was a revelation or several revelations of what the I Am means to you and I. The Bible said that God dwells in a light that no man can approach unto. This revelation itself is so bright that most people cannot receive it. They can't comprehend perceive its value to them. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. As long as you think that Jesus was merely a second person in a Godhead, you will never benefit fully from what he wants to be to you. You can believe and accept that he was not just a God, he was the God. You all hearing me? And so Jesus not only took the time and the effort to, to reveal himself and identify himself to the people as the I am, but he proceeded to let them know just what that was a form in their life. And the first that I want to mention is also in the 6th chapter of John, 35th verse. You don't have to turn there. But 
Jesus simply said, I am the bread of life. Just like white lights going through a prism and being bent into all the beautiful colors of the rainbow, Jesus allowed that pure bright light of this revelation of his Godhead as it passed through him to be broken down into the beautiful colors that we can understand and appreciate. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. This means he is the sustainer and the provider. Praise God, he can feed you. And he demonstrated it with a miracle when he fed the 5,000 men plus women and children with nothing more than five loaves and two fishes. And in his hands it became the field that was sown and cultivated and watered and the seed grew and it was harvested and threshed and ground into powder and baked into bread and out of his hands, hot out of the oven, came bread enough to feed the multitude and just to let you know that there's no shortage with him, there were 12 baskets full left after everybody had said, I can't eat another. Hallelujah. Praise God. If he could feed the multitude that day and satisfy their physical hunger, he is still able to do it with your spiritual hunger. Do you remember the night that you walked in church with an emptiness in your soul? You didn't know what it was you were hungry for, but you knew there was a hunger. And the Word of God was preached. And suddenly you realize, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. And you ate of it. And you left that service satisfied. And you kept coming back night after night, service after service. And God has kept right on feeding you time after time after time. There's no shortage in Him. He is the great I Am. And He is the I Am, the bread of life. chapter and 12 verse, as well as the ninth chapter and 5th verse. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. This means He is the guide of life. He is able to show the way. He demonstrated it also with a miracle of the healing of the blind man. Uh, one notable one being where the man came to Him and he wanted to be healed and and the Bible said Jesus did a strange thing. You know what he did? He spit on the ground. Can you imagine being blind, walking up to Jesus saying, I want to see. And the next, you expect him to lay his hand on you and give you that vicious jerk. Hallelujah. And the next thing you know, you hear somebody spit. And you hear people going, gross. And then the Bible said Jesus stooped down and started making mud with his spittle. Then the highfalutin folks really got grossed out. As they would say in modern teen terminology, grody to the max. Every generation has its way of expressing it. I mean, here he is, he's waiting for the miracle. And Jesus is playing in the mud. Hallelujah. From the nature of this miracle, it, it seems to me that this man was not only blind, but very possibly had no eyeballs at all. And as I mentioned the other night, I have seen this many times in the country of Brazil. It is a 
result of malnutrition. Babies are born without eyeballs and just empty sockets. It's a terrible thing to see. But because of the nature of this miracle, I get the impression that this may have very well been the case. Because the next thing this man feels is slap, slap, hallelujah. And folks can't believe what Jesus is doing. Hey, you may argue with his methods, but you can't argue with his result. And why should it be strange that if the man needed some eyeballs, that Jesus would reach down and make some mud if this was the same God that on the morning of the of creation knelt down on this earth and fashioned the very first human being out of the dust of the ground. If he needs some new eyeballs, he can make it again out of the dust of the ground. And said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and washed and came away saying, Praise God, people are still revolted today by the plan of salvation. But I want you to know that the God that can make human eyes see can give you some spiritual sight too. We're living in a time of darkness. The Bible said if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them, and they would be saved. And you preach repentance to them, and they are repulsed by it. You preach baptism in Jesus' name, and they don't want anything to do with it. Preach the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and they think that is demeaning. Hallelujah. But if you want to see, you'll let God do what He wants to do. Who am I to tell Him how to do it? He reserves the right to do it any old way He wants to. And if it takes repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost to receive your spiritual sight, then who wouldn't want it? Well, it's Saturday night. Folks are romping. We might as well have a time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm looking at a bunch of folks that once were blind, but now they see. Praise God, the cobwebs were drug away. The scales fell off their eyes, and they saw clearly one day. And when they saw clearly, you know what they saw? They saw just one God. And they saw that His name was Jesus. And that salvation is only in that name. Chapter 10, verses 7 and 9, Jesus said, I am the dawn. This means the entrance into a better life. He demonstrated it when he walked into another pool of Bethesda one day. There's a man laying there for 38 years. Crippled, couldn't walk, couldn't get to the water where the angels would trouble it, and he couldn't get healed. All he could do was look through the open doorways of the terrace of that pool and watch people walking around living a normal life and wish that he could enjoy the same kind of life. But there was no way that he could get up from where he was and go through that door and live a normal life until one day the door walked up to him. I said one day the door walked up to him. Praise the Lord. And the door said, Wilt thou be made whole? And the man started saying, Sir, I have no man. Jesus said, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. Hallelujah. 
bothered the next thing he knew he was on his feet. I doubt very seriously that he bothered rolling up his pallet and taking it home. Let it lay right there. Get it away. Hallelujah. I've been on that sorry thing for 38 years. Went on out and enjoyed the life he only dreamed about. Praise God. And he can still walk up to you and give you the life that you'd like to live. You don't have to resign yourself to your faith and wish there was something better in life. There is something better. But it's only through him. He is the door. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you might not think you can do it, but Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad for the great I am. I'm glad I walked through that door one day. Praise God. The 10th chapter, 11th and 14th verses, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Of course, this means he is the protector and the caretaker of, of life, of the sheep. Praise the Lord. He watches over you. He demonstrated it when he protected his disciples on the high seat. He can do it not only for you physically. He can do it for you spiritually. Praise God. He can keep you in this present day. There's a lot more that I could say about that, but I've got to move on this evening. In the 11th chapter and 25th verse, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And this came at the time that his friend Lazarus had died. And Jesus received news of it and purposely meandered around, taking his time. Until he announced, Lazarus is sleeping, let's go see about him. What he meant was Lazarus had died. When he got there, Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, said, If you'd been here, he wouldn't have died, etc., etc. And Jesus said, Don't you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? They said, Oh, we know that someday, you know, all the dead will rise again. And Jesus said, Take me to where he is. When he took them, it took him there. He said, roll the stone away. When they rolled that stone away, Jesus lifted up his voice and cried out, Lazarus, come forth. And as you've no doubt heard many times before, it was a good thing that Jesus specified who was supposed to come forth. Because if he hadn't have specified it, every dead thing in that cemetery would have got up. This is the same voice that on the morning of nothingness said, Let there be light. And there was light. You want something else to chew on? The Bible said he came forth bound hand and foot. I mean, he was levitated right off that stone slab and brought somehow by the power of God to the entrance of that tomb. Bound hand and foot, mummified. And Jesus had to say, loose him and let him go. Hallelujah. And I'm looking at some folks that were dead one day. I said, you were dead one day in your trespasses and sins. But Jesus said, come forth. Through the preaching of the Word of God, he said, come forth. 
You felt conviction stir in your heart. You were confused. You didn't know what it was you were feeling. It was a strange sensation that maybe you'd never felt before. But the next thing you knew, you were walking down an altar. But you were still bound hand and foot till you repented of your sins, baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and arose to walk in the newness of life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. 15th chapter, 1st and 5th verse. Jesus said, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He is the source of life. You abide in me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. When you abide in him, you can do anything. Praise God. Sanctioned by him, in fact. I was I had already left evangelizing many years ago when I received a letter from my mother. She our family was living in Baton Rouge at the time, in a mobile home there. And she said that one afternoon. There were a lot of problems, financial and other problems facing us at the time. And uh, she said, one particularly dark and gloomy day, as can happen here in Louisiana. Praise God, rain clouds hanging low just like this afternoon. And the wind was blowing. She said she was sitting in the back room of that mobile home, looking out the window, feeling gloomy and discouraged. Didn't even have the lights on, just depressed. She said, I was watching, she was telling me this in this letter. She said, I was watching a tree out there. The wind was just blowing it over, and those branches would lay down and then they'd spring back up again. And she said that she whispered out loud, Oh, I wish I was just like that tree. And though the wind blows it, it just snaps right back into position. And she said, as quick as a flash, the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart and said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Doesn't matter what happens, what kind of tests, storms, or trials. It might bend you low, but if you'll just hang on, you'll snap right Pull out of it again. I'm glad I'm attached to the great I am tonight. And the seventh thing I want to mention hurriedly tonight is in the 14th chapter and 6th verse. And Jesus just wrapped it all up and announced to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. If you're looking for the way, he is the way. Looking for the truth, he is the truth. Looking for life, he is the life. In short, he is your all in all. I've been preaching a long time, and I've got, I'm getting ready to close tonight. Praise the Lord. But I want to mention one final thing. It's not found in the book of John. But the Bible says in the book of Mark that when Jesus was brought before the high priest, praise God, just prior to his crucifixion. Y'all hear me now. Brought before the high priest, and different ones are bringing their trumped up charges and their false accusations, their lies, and accusing him. 
Jesus stood there not even opening his mouth. And finally the high priest, no doubt, in order to to, uh, have a shortcut to all these lengthy proceedings, just stopped everything and said, just asked him point blank, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Just settle this once and for all. Are you he or not? The Bible said that Jesus said, I am. I am. When he said that, the high priest grabbed his robe and rent it. He said, what need have we of any further proof? We've heard it from his own mouth. In announcing his identity, Jesus signed his own death warrant. Can you imagine? I've tried to picture this scene. Here is the high priest that had been ordained under the law of Moses to be the mediator between God and man, the intercessor between the Almighty and his creation. The high priest is standing there right in front of the God he was supposed to represent and did not recognize him. Praise the Lord that delivered him up to die. And there's still so many that don't recognize him today. Praise God. Praise God. Now please hear me. I know we've got some distractions here, but let's hear me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad I know who he is. I'm glad I came face to face with him one day. And when I did, I didn't ignore it. I repented of my sins. And I was baptized. I was baptized. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, I was. I didn't say the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I said, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. That's what Jesus told them to do. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen: go and teach all nations, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Somebody tell me what the name of the Father is. How do you know? God. Jesus said, I am coming my Father's name. Hallelujah. If he came in his Father's name and his name was Jesus, that means the Father's name is Jesus. Praise the Lord. What's the name of the Son? Angel said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? Jesus said, In the comfort to whom the Father will send in my name. Hallelujah. I submit to you tonight, even if there was a trinity, it would still be scriptural to baptize in Jesus' name. Because that is the only recorded name of the Father, the only recorded name of the Son, and the only recorded name of the Holy Ghost. But I'm glad I know there is not a trinity, there is just one God. Jesus said, I and my Father are one, not two, just one. 
Jesus said about the Holy Ghost, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. Who was the Holy Ghost? It was He. Hallelujah. He was the Father in creation. He was the Son in redemption. And He's the Holy Ghost in the church tonight. But it's all the one and self-same God. And He is the I Am of the Old Testament. And Jesus in our hearts tonight. I, I really am closing. I'm trying to anyhow. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I know that this is correct. Peter said, neither is there salvation in any of I wonder what he meant by that. Well, what did he say? Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name. Under heaven. Are we under heaven tonight? There is no under heaven, no name under heaven given among men. Are we part of this human race? Whereby we can, if we choose, be saved. Whereby we must be saved. Let me tell you something. When we go under the water in the name of Jesus, as this sister did the other night, praise God, we, it is a declaration on our part saying, Jehovah has become my salvation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If you're going to baptize in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that's just three of the titles. There's 256 in the Bible. Why leave out the other 253? You might as well just have your list and read them all so you don't miss any aspect of God. I'm not trying to be smart aleck tonight. I'm going to tell you how to baptize and all 256 in one easy lesson. Just go under in the name of Jesus. And everything that the I am is will be yours. Through that name. He'll be your father. He'll be your friend. He'll be the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, he will. He'll be your friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He'll be your bright and morning star. He'll be your lily of the valley. He'll be your rose of Sharon. He'll be your fairest of ten thousands. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I'm glad I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I wish there was some way to hurry this. Well, no, I don't. Praise God. I take that back. I don't wish there was a way to hurry. There was a man in the New Testament that considered himself a very devout, very devout scholar of the Bible, Scripture, a very fanatical follower of God, 
fact, he was so devoted that he was going around imprisoning a bunch of folks that were involved in what he felt was heresy, serving the one that had been crucified called Jesus Christ. He was on his road, on his way to get some more of them. When on the way, he is struck down by a bright, knocks him flat on the ground. Now, nobody had to tell Paul, now this must be God. And when you're, go, when you're on your way and suddenly a bright light out of heaven, splat, knocks you to the ground, you don't have to wonder who that is. And a voice said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? God, it's hard for you to kick against a pig. And Saul said, Who art thou, Lord? In other words, Who art thou, Jehovah? In other words, Who art thou, I am that I am? And Jehovah said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecute. Saul became a believer from that day forward. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I wish some of you would become believers tonight. I wish some of you, praise God, that even a part of this church would know how to get excited over that. Not just anybody knows that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. While the musicians come briefly tonight, I know it's getting late. We've got to come right back again in the morning, just a few hours. Who cares? We might care when we have to get up in the morning, but right now I don't care. Praise the Lord. Praise God. What's time when you're having fun? Who said we don't have fun in church? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me urge you tonight, if you haven't repented of your sins, and baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you need this experience. You need this experience. You need more than just a second person in the Trinity. You need God Almighty. And you'll have Him in Jesus. Praise God. It's all in Him. All in Him. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the door. He is the good shepherd. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the vine. And He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is your all in all. What do you need Him to be tonight? It's a blank check sign to the great I Am. Whatever you need from Him, He'll be for you. Praise God, if you're here tonight and you're seeking for some kind of purpose in your life, kind of fullness and satisfaction, I'm here to tell you, you'll only find it in Him. Maybe you don't feel like you need him very much right now, but someday you will. And why wait till then? Why not find him now? 
so you can already have him on your side when that day comes. Praise the Lord. I'm glad he's on my side, aren't you? I'm, I'm, I've been preaching to folks here tonight that need him. Folks need him in this service. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I don't know, really. I've done my best to preach this message. I don't know what else I could have said. But if you think, if you still think after all this, that you can walk out those doors and not need God, then you need to just think again. Praise God. Do you think you'll never need a bread of life? Think you'll never need the light of the world? Think you'll never need a door? Never need a shepherd? Praise God, etc. You need Him. You need Him. And you don't have to feel the flames of hell licking under your feet before you can kneel before Him and say, Lord, I want you to be my I am. Praise God. I want you to be everything to me. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I'm disappointed sometimes that you have to preach judgment before folks ever think they need God. Why, why, why can't you just preach on the beauties of God and see people rush to Him and say, you're what I've been looking for. I need you in my life. I can't live another day without you. Briefly, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm not going to make a lengthy altar call. Praise God. But if you think you need God tonight, feel free to step out from where you're standing and kneel at this altar. And there'll be somebody to help you pray tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. You need Him? Do you want Him? He's here right now. You can have Him. Praise the Lord. Sweet love and joy and heaven too. Only Jesus can satisfy only Jesus can satisfy your soul, and only He can change your heart and make you whole. sing it softly. I don't like to do this. I really don't. But while heads are still bowed and eyes are closed, there's been anybody in this service tonight that knows 
You know you need God. You know you need it. You know you need a greater experience than what you have right now. A more intimate relationship with God than what you know now. Praise the Lord. Maybe you have not come and knelt at this altar. I wish you had. But if you're here and you know you need something more in your life, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed and nobody's looking, would you just slip your hand up and then put it back down and just by that say, Preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. I want more out of life than what I now have. Would there be anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Someone else quickly. Just slip your hand up. Put it back down. That lets, that doesn't do anything to save you. Just lets God know. Keep dealing with me. Keep talking to me. I really do want to be saved. Anybody? Quickly, briefly. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad I know the great I am. And I think you will be too if you ever become personally acquainted with Him. By repenting of your sins, being baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's sing it again tonight. Holy Jesus, and satisfy your soul. Oh, yes. And only He can change your heart and make you whole. turning this pulpit over to this pastor. If I were you and I wasn't baptized in Jesus' name, I'd talk to him tonight. I'd find myself a place to pray and I'd talk to this pastor about baptizing me in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you tonight. Let's raise our hands and talk to him. Thank you, Jesus. And only can take